Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. What's up, man? Nice nice hat. That's a new one. What is that? You know, it's, I've had it several years. I just don't, I don't wear it a lot, but it's a, it's a Norwich a hat. Norwich one. Yeah. I get my, my sweatshirt on, too, so I can represent. All right. I need to get more college gear. So you've inspired me. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes academy guys, they say. I don't know if it's like that in the Air Force, but. Well, that was kind of the thing. I didn't really wear it at the beginning, you know, when I was at the academy. Yeah. Um, Because it's, yeah, I I don't know. You don't act like an academy person, and I'm sorry to anyone who's gone to a a service academy, but I'm painting with a, well, it's not really a broad brush. I mean, anyway, you know how it is. Yeah, I know. I know because I know. (laughs) <laughs> but thanks. I guess you caught, that was a backhanded compliment. It was. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, here we are, man. First episode of 2023 and we on, you know, 40 something episodes in. So we started uh, on Valentine's day last year, 2022. Haven't missed a week since, and we don't plan to miss a week this year either. So we'll just keep it going. Yeah. And I'm the same age as you now. That's right. You just had your birthday, so I wish yeah. you a happy birthday. Um, you did, yeah. How's it feel? It doesn't feel any different. It feels the same as forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> These years all blend together, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I just got off the phone. I I'm on a coaching. I'm still with my uh, fitness coach, and he just had Joe Rogan's doctor on our weekly coaching call, which is pretty cool. Got to talk Very to this cool. guy all kind about a uh, hormone optimization and you know supplements and that kind of stuff. So pretty neat. Um, yeah, ready for twenty twenty three, bigger and better. Even though twenty twenty two was pretty good, it was a good. It was a good year. I tell you, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And um, you know, again, we talked about this on another episode, but you know, thankful for all that happened. We got a lot of new clients, and I, I just love IBC clients. They're they're the best. They are. Yeah. A lot of great clients this year. And I'm sure, yeah, um, in 2023, we'll have even more. So yep. it's just the way it happens. Every year you get more clients. So um, it's been great. Well, hey, let's start off with this question I got from a, a recent client who we've designed his policy to be able to add an additional single premium paid up additions, you know, payment in the first year. So what, what that is, is just a another lump sum payment on top of the annual premium. We just built in room to throw in another big chunk towards straight towards PUA, paid up additions, uh, to really maximize the, um, the, the policy in the first year to an extent. And uh, what it does is it just accelerates the efficiency of the policy, grows the cash value, has more to leverage um, right away for opportunities if that's what he uh, chooses to do. Um, so here's the question he asked. He asked kind of long, but at the end, he kind of summarizes it. Is it more important? Let's, okay, this is assuming he's taking a policy loan to go pay off uh, uh, some debt right now. So he's talking about now, is it more important to pay back that policy loan or 
to max out that premium in the first year. So what would you say, Paul? Well, if, if I were in this position, I think I would prioritize the premium payment first, and then I would work on the policy loan. Okay. In both cases, right, I'm part owner of this company, so paying a premium gives the company capital to work with, and then when I make periodic loan repayments, that gives them more capital to work with, right? So I'm making, I'm contributing to the profitability of the company, so, you know, Part of me wants to say it depends on whether it's direct recognition or not direct recognition. But this is a non-direct recognition policy, is my understanding. So I would prioritize the premium. Is final answer? Okay, and, and I agree. I think this, you know, would assume either he pays that premium in the first first year, or he forgoes paying that premium and instead repays the loan. I think it's absolutely hands down more beneficial to pay that extra premium in the first year. Um, it's the best long-term play, you know, and <clears throat> as a good um, client, he wanted to know why. And that's what I said. Sure. You know, it's the best long-term play. And that's one of the, the principles, right? Think long-term. Yeah. Well, also his policy design obviously has some sort of term, long-term level term rider on it, mm-hmm. which that single premium is purchasing a certain amount of death benefit and at his young, younger age. It's, it's probably quite significant. So maybe he needs that death benefit as well. Right. And with what we know now about how we are able to actually put that death benefit to work for us to create an income stream, um, that's even more of a reason for him to continue funding that premium and get that death benefit, you know, as as large as, as the insurance companies will allow him to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well now let's move into what we want to talk about today. So, Hey, it's a new year. Uh, this is the time of year. A lot of people start usually, maybe it's in December, but you know, usually it's December's too busy and everybody's busy, uh, you know, shopping and getting all their affairs in order. You don't really start thinking about how am I going to make this next year different until January. So we figured maybe there's, uh, some new listeners out there, some maybe perhaps non IBC users that may be looking for a better way to approach things in 2023 than they have, uh, up until now. And also current listeners who it's never bad to remind people and and IBC users of the reasons that we do this. So I think we'll talk about, um, you know, a few things to make a better 2023, you know, financially. So we'll just say seven steps to a better 2023. I like the number seven. Let's just use that number. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Why don't you go with, uh, you know, what's the very first thing you would do? Oh, so I don't have to go in order? Well, no, let's go in order. I mean, okay. we spent a couple of minutes writing these steps down. And I think the, the one that you listed as number one, you actually moved that to the top, is probably the most, you know, one of the most important, right? Yeah, I reordered it a little bit. Yeah, so start thinking like a banker. You know, Dave, and it took me a little while to, to really understand what, what that means. Um. But we've we've talked about it on several episodes over the past almost year now. You know, banks take collateral, they take guarantees. They really, aside from some, you know, they create money out of thin air. They <laughs> they don't really take risks, right? Um, unless the government forces them to. Like, hey, you will issue subprime mortgages, okay? And then they get bailed out, though. And then they get bailed out. The American taxpayer. There really is no risk, yeah. right? 
um, kind of like student loans, right? There's yeah. no risk to the lender on those because they're guaranteed by the American taxpayer. So great. So anyway, but to start thinking like a banker, bankers control the money. That sounds wonderful. I want to control the money, right? The golden rule, as Nelson talked about. He who has the gold makes the rules. So I want, I think we should start, we should all start thinking about how can we do that? How can we implement that control into our life? Yep. I think, think like a banker, not like a piggy banker. So I say that when I'm talking about people who save up cash and spend cash, right? Pay cash for everything. Sure. Um, one of the biggest things I learned over the last year, the biggest principles that was ingrained in me was never lose my face value and never spend my own money. Never spend my money. If I think how much better off you'll be if you always just put your money somewhere that it would grow for you forever, for the rest of your life. And you never spent it. Think of the compound return effect of that you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. So why would I spend my own money when I can put my money somewhere that's going to grow for me forever and then I can spend somebody else's money instead? So no opportunity cost uh, in that situation, right? Or far less. Yeah, there's, you're always dealing with borrowed money one way or another, right? Um, and I think, you know, with IVC, at least you lose less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Right. I mean, you still got to spend money. You still got to finance the things of life. You got to give money to somebody. But like you said, you're, you're, you're financing the money, whether you're using somebody else's money or your own money. Right. But again, with this relationship, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this down, Dave, is that yes, I am paying interest when I do leverage that money from the life insurance company. I am paying that life insurance company interest, but guess what? I'm part owner of that company. So are you. So are hundreds of thousands of other people. And by doing so, I'm contributing to the profitability of a company that's going to pay me a dividend, make my capital base and my policy larger, make my death benefit larger. So anyway, it's right. just the best bottom line. It's, it's still, it's the best way to do things. Yep. Think like a banker. All right. Number two, add some guarantees and some certainty to your financial life. Whoa. Slow down. I mean, there are guarantees you can get in the financial world. And there is certainty. Like you don't have to risk every dollar that you put away for to use at a later date, like retirement, or as Nelson calls it, the passive income years. You don't have to put every one of those dollars to at risk to make them grow and make them work for you. So add some certainty. The way I like to look at it is when you retire, let's say, you know, let's use that R word, um, or you hit your passive income years, you need income in order to live. Right, whether you're working or you're not working, you need an income. Now, when you're not working anymore and you receive that passive income during those years, wouldn't it be nice to have some certainty that would guarantee you're going to have the basic needs met at least? Right, you're going to have your food, maybe enough money for medical expenses, housing, that kind of stuff. Like you're going to survive off of that certainty, that guaranteed income, um, which you can create with infinite banking. Uh, with properly designed whole life insurance policies. And then anything above and beyond that, if you want to put that at risk, that's that's up to you. I still don't do that, but you could do that knowing that you know with the Monte Carlo simulations, there's a 90% chance of success. 
Uh, <laughs> There's so, no way it's that high. No way. <laughs> well, it depends yeah. on when you retire. I, I, I was going to say Monte Carlo because I was listening to another podcast from a couple couple guys we know on the, on the way home, and, and, uh, and that term came up, and how I remember talking about this with my friend back at Fort Hood years ago, and I didn't know what it was, and then he explained it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I get it, the 4% rule. You know, it's not the 4% rule anymore, is it, Dave? No, not even close. It's, like the, it's probably, probably more like the 1.99% rule or something. Yeah. But yeah. So add some some certainty, add some guaranteed income and tax free income at that to your life um, that you can count on that, you know, is going to be there as opposed to having everything in the, um, you know, the, the risk bucket, like there, you know, there's a possibility of loss and you're going to get taxed on it. Like right. don't put everything in that bucket. And the, and the timing of it all, Dave, is troubling where, you know, you're older now, you're, you're relying on that income, you still get your portfolio. Um, for some reason, you're still heavily, you, you have to have it heavily in securities, whether it's, you know, indexed uh, against, you know, index, you know, S&P 500 or whatever. And that money's at risk and the, the market dips just like we've seen the last few days, right? The market's gone down a little bit. And uh, the value of the account has gone down. So now your 2023 outlook, you have no idea what it's going to what it's going to be. But your 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 four percent is no longer the four percent. It's now. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to sequence that return, hold off on that? Hey, I've got this other asset over here that I can take passive income off without tax. Right, volatility and, buffer. And folks, if you're exactly if you're um, if you have dividend paying whole life insurance and you're working with a with a competent agent, he or she can illustrate the passive income years for you. It's very easy to do. They can do an enforce illustration and literally illustrate at whatever age you want. Hey, I want to take ten thousand dollars a year of passive income off my policy. Can I do that? And they can show you how you can do that. Yep, and never run out of money. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. Crazy. All right. What's the next one? Okay. Yes, this is the classic. Don't think either or think both and. And what we're talking about here is, and I still think people think this when I talk to them and, you know, we meet up with friends or whatever, that Paul and Tammy are investing in life insurance. (laughs) Yeah. And... You know, obviously, that I'm not. I'm paying. I'm paying high premium relative to my income. Um, I'm giving premium to the life insurance company is, is what we're doing. Um, but I also build cash value. I also have death benefit. I also have guarantees. I also have access to a guaranteed amount of capital, the present value of the death benefit, known as the cash value, that I go do other things with. So I'm not. It's not a trade-off, and I've said this before. And I'm not choosing to do this in lieu of that. It is a like it is a and asset. There's actually a book called that, the and asset. Um, so Absolutely. anyway, we are not investing in life insurance. We're just using our our life insurance policies as a as a warehouse of wealth. And we're not using life insurance to the detriment of being able to do something else. Now, no, no question. Right now, granted, there is there is a loss of liquidity in the first handful of years, right? But sure. over the course of my lifetime, it more than makes up for itself. So, right. 
I'm going to delay gratification a little bit right now for a massive payoff down the road. Yes. I'm, and I'm totally okay with that. You know, obviously going in, you, you have to be able to think beyond next week if you want to do the infinite banking concept properly. And that gets me to a, a conversation I recently had, Dave, with some folks and, um, you know, like-minded, you know, on our team, but just a different, a different lens on, on how to design policies and how to look at it. And I think, you know, they were definitely open to, to the things I was saying, which was encouraging, um, because I think more premium over time is the solution to our problem, not less. I don't want to pay less premium over time. I'm trying to pay, you know, we talk to people all the time, right, that are trying to figure out, how do I pay more? Well, you have to make more money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you don't anyway. want to pay less, just like you don't want to make less money over time, even though that's what the traditional financial advisors have convinced you that's going to happen, that you're going to make less money over time. Like when you retire, you're going to make less money. I don't want to make less money when I retire. Uh, yeah, it, sound, it sounds awful considering how much money printing has occurred and the value of the dollar and what it takes to go buy stuff. New car, per, new car prices right now? You're lucky you bought that new truck when you did. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And yeah. I don't know if it's you know old supply chain issues still catching up or, or people are just like, hey, we're going to jack up the price. They're doing it at the dealers. Uh, manufacturers are jacking up the price now. And I'd like to think it's just what it costs, but I... I don't know. No, that's certainly not the case. I know used cars. I've heard of auto repair shops that, where they're just sitting on cars for months, waiting on parts. The supply chain oh, yeah. of parts is is creating havoc, right? Which is probably pushing up new car sales, the demand for them, because nobody wants to deal with uh, having a car that breaks down and then they can't get a part for a couple right. of months. So, right? Yeah, we we get off track a little bit, but. Back to, you know, don't think Sorry. either or think both and you can have, you can have two things. This is not mutually exclusive to anything else you want to do with your money. Now we're just changing the sequence of the same dollars, folks. Yep. Changing the sequence. That's it. We, we did an entire episode, I think, on the sequence of money. That's right. Just where, where do you put your money first? What's the order in which your capital flows? That's it. Yep. All right. Next point. Get some mentors. Get some coaches, get some advisors. Don't stay on an island. Too many people get into this and maybe they get into it with the wrong advisor, the, the wrong agent um, who's, who's just ripping policies left and right and doesn't really have any time to mentor, coach a client, right? You know, if that's the case, I'm sorry. Um, but when you open a new policy, do a little more due diligence on who you want to open that with and go with somebody who's going to be there to coach you and and bring you along on the ride um right or you know listen to podcasts like this one there's there's several other really good podcasts you can listen to around this concept and you'll get a different take from all of them uh but the core message will be the same uh, as long as you're listening to you know the right group of people which are in general authorized infinite banking concepts practitioners yeah i've noticed there's there's some other folks out there that are more markety. Um, I just, I'm glad we're not doing that. I'll just, I won't say any more about it, but yeah, it just feels cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to each his own. I think we'd rather have some very, have fewer clients, but more quality clients, more quality interactions and, and better design 
policies with people who aren't afraid to capitalize as opposed to, you know, ripping 200 policies a year for people who are probably, frankly, going to let these policies lapse or just surrender them for all the cash value a couple years down the road. Yeah, that's un- that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, the the quality of client is something that I'm in that I'm I'm more attuned to now that I've done this, you know, over 120 times gone through a process with somebody. Now you can tell early on who's going to be okay and who you're wasting, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And uh, you have to be willing to sort of kick them to the curb. Like, Hey, you're, you're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. We're not chasing anybody. They'll come back. You know, IBC is caught, not taught. That's right. If they haven't caught it, uh, if they just got a whiff of it and they think, Oh yeah, I'm interested, but you know, you can tell pretty quickly whether they really caught it or not. Yeah. We've had people go years now and then finally light bulb and we can't, we can't help that happen really. Yeah. It's going to happen on your own time. Yep. So surround yourself with some good coaches and mentors, whether that's podcasts, books, there's a, you know, unlimited uh, number of book recommendations, especially if you get Nelson's book uh, towards the end, he gives you recommendations on many different topics. So you yep. could you know, work through those in the next couple of years and still have more to read. It's not a bad book in there either. Yeah. So, all right, what's the next one? Number five. Okay. Yep. Start questioning what you're being sold and told, you know, Marketing gimmicks uh, versus Nelson Nash, IBC. Um, buy term, these are things that just popped into my head. Buy term and invest the difference, right? Like how can that be the right strategy for every single person in existence? Um, don't worry, the market will come back. If, if, if you're hearing things like this, these are, and I used to, gosh, Dave, I used to think like this, to be honest with you. I was thinking, yeah. hey, I'm young, I can, oh, the market's down, I'm just buying more right now, and, and that's true, right? It's going to be more valuable once it recovers and goes up, and yada, 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 but gosh, that doesn't work for everybody, and now that I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm sequencing my money through whole life insurance before I do other things with it, uh, I, the stock market to me is just mildly interesting, and I'm not saying people, if you if that's your thing, and you're good at it, and you like reading all the material on the companies and what's going on. But it seems to me that all these talking heads on, on television. And I told you what channels on in the gym that I go to all the time. This is all, a lot of it is just nonsense. It's the same regurgitation of crap. Like these are the same people that totally missed 2008, 2009. And it doesn't matter. They still come back the next day. The next year, Jim Cramer still talking, still yapping. Like, we had no idea that this company was in these in these you know these mortgage bonds that were that were packaged with crap. <laughs> like, how yeah. do you mean you didn't know? Oh, the rating agencies were were on the take. You know, you don't say. You don't say. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I I have no stomach for that anymore. I'll be honest with you. I, it's it's not interesting to me. I know people can, you can make a lot of money in a, in a short amount of time. If you get lucky, if you get lucky, most people don't. Um, seems to me if I had been a young Lieutenant, just paying premium and a dividend paying a life insurance off those old mortality tables, man, I'd have some good looking policies right now. Yeah, you would. 
you know, it, without any of the volatility. Like I've got, I've got enough excitement in my life. I don't need to add <laughs> the artificial excitement of the stock market to, right. you know, to get, get me through my day. That's right. right. I don't need those highs. I don't need those lows. So I like steady Eddie. And that's what these policies give me. They're boring, but what the capabilities they open up for you and the opportunities they bring your way are anything but boring. I'll say this. The word if, if your financial person is using that word a lot, if this occurs, if this happens later in life, if the market does this, you might want to just use your own brain and just think. Yeah. Maybe stop questioning, well, if everything goes as planned, maybe the question is, well, what if one variable changes? What if tax rates jump by 10 or 15% per bracket? What if? How does that affect my plan? Is that a possibility? What if the government changes the rules on this qualified plan I've been stuffing money into for 40 years? Yeah. What if the, uh, the stock market doesn't get that? traditional 10% return. What if the year I retire, the market takes a 20 to 30% dip? What if? Like those are the what ifs you should be asking, right? Don't don't worry, it'll come back. Don't worry, it'll come back, but I'm retired. I need it right now. Yeah, you need it now. Right, so that works for everybody up until the day they retire, and then you don't have any more time to let the market rebound, right? And these days, if you retire at 65, you're probably going to live a good 20 more years. Like my grandparents, my mom's folks are still kicking in their 90s. My grandfather smoked since he was like 12 years old, and he's still going. Is he still smoking? Yeah. Why would you stop then? He got a pacemaker like two years ago. And yeah. he's like, why would you stop smoking? You've been doing it for 80 years. I wouldn't. Why? Why? Yeah. If he stops, so, it'll, he'll, he'll probably graduate if he stops. Right. He'd have nothing to look forward to that, you know, those couple of <laughs> today. But it's, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But just what if, you know, what if I live, hey, what if I live 30 more years after retirement, not 20? Right. What happens then? Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually focusing on the noise. This is going to lead us into our next thing, which is avoid the noise. I was, I was like, I don't, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today. So I was like, I'm just going to start right clicking on, on YouTube here and listening to some. So I got into this IUL video with this pretty well-known guy and um, I got, I'll send it to you after you wouldn't believe what he's saying and how people are just eating this up. Really? Oh my goodness. Send it to me. It's like, I will. I will. Um, it's, it's not that long. It's 20, 25 minutes maybe, but I'd love to just ask this guy. He's a life insurance agent. He's knows, knows what he's talking about, but of course he's doing IUL with infinite banking. So you immediately know he's not a Nelson Nash Institute practitioner, right. not even close or a, another person that's doing, uh, claims to be doing infinite banking. Um, but just the stuff he's saying, I'm like, listen, dude, I've got a client that's got an IUL that's 14 years old, and he's upside down. Well, it's not properly designed. Really? Yeah. Anyway, and this guy's not old. I was like, what's that IUL going to look like when that dude's 80? Well, you'll be self-insured by then. 
Yeah. Well, and if your IUL depends that heavily on the person designing it, like, let's be honest, you, we design really good whole life policies, but even if you just got a straight up whole life policy with no PUA attached whatsoever by, you know, 20, 30 years down the, down the, down the, the street, it's going to be a really good policy. Yeah. There's right. Like it's not going to collapse on you. No, it's it's not. It's going to be a level premium. It's going to be the same price. You know, thirty years from now, the premium is going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, I. So I was I I, I wasted probably twenty minutes of my life, but I took the wrong train by accident, so I had some time. But just <laughs> just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, noise. There's so much noise out there, and that's something that we've been battling more and more with new you know, yes. prospects coming in and having conversations with people, we have to un, we have to unlearn them, right? The things they've learned. Yeah. Just like we had to unlearn a lot of stuff that we grew up, um, learn, you know, conventional wisdom that was, oh, this is, this is a hundred percent fact. No, it's not. Like there's a lot of unlearning to do and going, listening to all that noise can be very dangerous because some people just get stuck in the rabbit hole and go down that IBC rabbit hole on YouTube and everything else, a white coat investor and all these other platforms where nobody yep. knows what they're talking about. And they end up thinking that IBC is a product. Yeah. Right. Who's got the best product? What's the best company? What's the best product? Right. You know, and you get all these opinions. I was, it was actually one of the videos I watched. This guy listed the big four and he's like, well, I prefer these two. And it was, and yeah. it was like, why? And then he threw out some other crap. And it's just, there's a, James is right. There's so much garbage out there on, on YouTube, folks, about IBC, infinite banking. Although I did, maybe it's because it's in my search history, but your video popped up first. So I was like, oh, perfect. Um, followed yeah. by, you know, just garbage, you know, behind it, right? Right. But do not do that, please. Stick with what Nelson Nash taught. You can get resources at the at infinitebanking.org at the Nelson Nash Institute, start there, start with the book, read the book again, but avoid, avoid the noise if you can. But if you read Nelson first and, and watch some of the, you know, his organization's material, you'll, you'll kind of know what the noise is. You'll be like, Oh, that's, that's not right. And then you can just confirm it with us. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not correct. Yeah. I remember I was being interviewed by Nelson to become a practitioner, to go through the practitioner course, you know, I was interviewed mm-hmm. by Nelson and the other gentleman on the board and did they, he ask you if you owned a weed whacker? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> like the funniest oh, that's thing a ever. Good one for another time. That's so good. No, but he asked, you know, what did I major in in college? And I told him, and I was like, you know, I probably should have majored in economics. And he immediately shook his head, no. And I was like, no, you're right. He's like, nope. It's a good thing you didn't because you would have had a lot more to unlearn. Right. Yeah, exactly. So true. So avoid the noise. All right, the last one. What's the last one? Build your capital base for opportunities. Yes, sir. What what that isn't, you know, we're as young people, we were sold, hey, you're going to buy the same amount in in of this product every month. It's called dollar cost averaging. It's like the best thing ever. You're going to buy, you know, low, you're going to buy when the price is high, but it'll all average out and it'll be pretty good. Man, that's not investing. That's not building capital. That's not how you build wealth. But it took me 15 years to realize it. And thank gosh you sent me that book. 
Well, nobody I was created doing... wealth by dollar cost averaging. Or <laughs> never met a man in, who made his millions in mutual funds. <laughs> right. You know, I met, I met, you know, there's a, uh, you know, quite the uh, big time millionaire out there who tells you to use mutual funds. Um, and, uh, but he didn't make his money in mutual funds. That's for sure. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So Anthony that, had yeah. to get his back. Anthony had to get his back massager. Sorry, folks, if you're watching this on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> he just snuck in like one of those viral videos of somebody like <laughs> on CNN Live and the nannies. I put it on mute and was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you're killing me." <laughs> uh, yeah. So build your capital base for opportunities because opportunities attracted to capital. Plain and simple. The more capital you have access to, the more opportunities you will see the more opportunities that will see you. Yep. It's just a fact. The last seven days, I've had three different people, uh, one of whom you know, uh, two who you don't, ask me for a private loan. Yeah. There you go. So and you, I did one of them. Yeah. Maybe I'll do the second one too. Yeah. And, and you have a choice. You can say yes, you can say no. And you are the banker. You make the terms. Yep. So there you go. Build your capital base. So, there you go. Seven quick steps to a, a prosperous 2023. Hopefully that helps people kind of recage their mind. You know, you got to rethink your thinking with all this. And 2023 is going to be a great year to rethink your thinking. Looking back over the last couple of years, like nobody anticipated this the last couple of years. No financial advisor you ever worked with anticipated the last two years. Right. And how has that decimated some people? So time to rethink your thinking. Don't keep, you know, don't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like we keep, you know, it's like the history of now we forget tomorrow, right? It's, you know, we have like no attention spans, no, you know, just, just look back in recent history. This happens like the business cycle is a thing. It happens like every 10 years or whatever. Yep. It's a thing. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Federal Reserve. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That was a good one. Happy New Year, everybody. And Happy New uh, Year. here's to a, a prosperous and abundant 2023. And don't forget, control your capital or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the IBCguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.